The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, January 22, 2023, on the basis of Matthew 4, verses 12 through 23. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. If you have been tuning into the news the past couple of weeks, you have no doubt heard about the scary situation surrounding the professional football player, Damar Hamlin. If you are not aware what happened, uh, on a Monday night football game, Damar Hamlin, a young 24-year-old man, suffered cardiac arrest. Thankfully, they were able to administer CPR. He was rushed to the hospital and has since been discharged from the hospital and is now at home. When asked about this, their quarterback of the Buffalo Bills and their team leader had this to say. It was just spiritual. I was just going around to my teammates. God is real. You can't draw that one up, write that one up any better. I was just talking to Kevin Curtin and he said it has been three years and three months since our last kickoff return. You'll never guess. Damar Hamlin's number was number three. When you're looking for a sign from God, what do you hope to see? Hopefully you won't be disappointed when I tell you that God was actually just as present at the Packer football game when they lost as he was during the kick return touchdown. Now when we look for signs, we can't trust them. When we look for signs, we have to wait and hope to see something. Thankfully, God gives us much more than a sign. He gives us a light, and it's not a light that shines like a laser that's very pointed and directed and only covers a very small area. No, this light shines brighter than anything else in the world. Shines brighter than any light bulb, shines brighter even than the sun. So this light leaves no darkness, leaves no shadow on the earth at all. It's not wait and hope to see. No, it affects our lives at every moment of every day. But life can get pretty dark sometimes. And so this morning we'll hear that when it seems like there is no light in your life, when darkness seems to be everywhere, we will see that Jesus is the light that eliminates all darkness. And we will see just how that light continues to spread today. See, Jesus showed up in a place where light did not seem to shine at all. He showed up in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, in the land of Galilee, by the Sea of Galilee. And as dark as it might have been in Jesus' day, from our perspective, it would have been much darker in the day of Isaiah. See, 700 years earlier in the day of Isaiah, the northern kingdom of Israel which included the areas of Zebulun and Naphtali, were being conquered by the Assyrians, a dark and brutal force. You want to talk about looking for a sign from God? Look, good luck finding a sign from God in a war zone. 
That'd be like looking for a sign in the heart of the conflict between Ukraine and Russia. What light is there in living a life like that? Now, unfortunately, the people in Isaiah's day did not turn to the one place that they could find a light. Instead, they turned farther into the darkness. They are already living in the shadow of death. And Isaiah asked them, Why do you consult mediums and spiritists on behalf of the living? Why do you consult the dead on behalf of the living? You're already living in the shadow of death. Why turn farther into the darkness? Now, we may not need to be asked, why do you consult the dead on behalf of the living? Mount Horeb is a very popular place for witches and spiritists and mediums. Maybe you participated in Witches' Night Out. But I doubt that anybody in here is going to witches, spiritists, and mediums to find a light to guide the way. I doubt that anybody here is going to witches and spiritists to find a light in their life. But yet the question has to be asked, what do we turn to when we want to find a light in our life? Maybe it's something along the lines of what happened to Damar Hamlin. Three years, or three months, and three days for number three. That's something called an angel number, what people call it. It's a series of numbers that seems to be, or seems to have some special meaning. Maybe something that's more relatable. Have you ever looked at the clock, and every time you look at it, it seems to be like 1234, 1234, or 444, 333, something like that. Is that really where we want to turn when we want to know God is with us in our lives? Maybe it's not looking at the clock, maybe it's not angel numbers, but maybe after a long and hard day, you look out the window, and there on the porch was your grandpa's favorite bird or some cardinal. Is that really what we want to look to for the source of our optimism, to let us know that God is with us? No, maybe we don't need to be asked, why why do you consult the dead on behalf of the living? But I think we could be asked, why do you consult the random, the spontaneous, the little things on behalf of the living. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm all for remembering loved ones. I'm all for being an optimist and looking for the good in life, but we need to remember where the source of our optimism comes from. And it's not from seeing a butterfly on a cloudy day. It's not from little signs. See, the problem with these very direct, very pointed signs, the signs that we have to wait for and hope to see, is that if you wanted to, you could find a sign just about anywhere you looked, if you wanted to. Oh, it's snowing today. I see that the snow is shining. That must mean that Jesus is with me today. If you really wanted to, you could find a sign in just about anything. But what does that say about these signs? Does it Does it show that these signs point to God and what He wants for our lives, or does it show that we are getting what we want for our lives, that that we're on the right path, that God is giving us exactly what we're looking for and that we're doing the right thing? Another problem with the signs is you could either see signs every day, multiple times a day, or you could never see a sign, depending on how your life is going. Life can be pretty dark sometimes. 
And if you're not seeing these signs that you hope to see, does that mean that all of a sudden God's hand is turned against you? Does that mean that God isn't with you? No, when you don't see these signs, that does not mean that God has abandoned you because God, thankfully, gives us much more than random signs that we have to wait for and hope to see. No, God gives us a light. Not a laser, not a sign, a light that shines. Even in the most unexpected places, even in the darkest places of the earth. See, Isaiah's response to the darkness that the Israelites were living in was not to turn and look for a butterfly on a cloudy day or look for a series of numbers that meant something special. No, it was to turn to something that they already had. It was to turn to God's Word, which didn't point them to anything that they would see right in front of them, but would point them forward to the Word made flesh, Jesus. And when Jesus would appear 700-some years later, he would do the exact same thing as Isaiah. He would point to the Word made flesh. Jesus would point to himself. He would point to himself in his preaching, where he tells us that he offers us much more than we could ever hope for from any sign. Yes, it might be awesome that what happened to on the Buffalo Bills kickoff return. Three months, three days for number three. That's pretty cool. And, and it might seem like some things in life are more than a coincidence. But so often in life, these signs that we seem to see do not actually bring us any real change, any meaningful change. And so looking at these signs, you're going to ask, where's the change? But looking at Jesus and his life, we see that throughout his ministry, he brought very real change. There's a couple of stories that come to mind from the Bible about Jesus bringing very real change to people who needed change. I think of the widow at Nain whose husband had died and now her son and her only provider had died as well. More impactful than just giving this woman a sign to remind her of her son, Jesus performed a sign. He did much more. He raised her son from the dead. Much more impactful than dropping a few dollars in some beggar's hand, some cripple's hand, Jesus healed the lame so that the lame could walk. He healed the blind so the blind could see. He healed the deaf so the deaf could hear. He healed the mute so the mute could talk. Talk about real change, real impactful change. The signs that Jesus performed did not just bring change back then. They brought change to our life today as well. The most impactful sign of Jesus dying on the cross and being raised from the dead that brings a very real change. But on top of all those signs that Jesus performed, all those miracles that he performed, Matthew actually points us to something else that shows us that Jesus is the light of the world. In direct connection with Isaiah's uh, quote, the quote from Isaiah, a light shining in the darkness, it does not point to an immediate miracle that Jesus would perform. No, it says from that time on, 
Jesus began to preach. Through Jesus' preaching, he would do much more than heal the sick and the disabled. He would do exactly what Isaiah did. He would bring a light to people's lives by pointing to himself and showing that he does bring real change to real darkness. Jesus is a light that shines so brightly that he eliminates the darkness of death. And he can bring a light into our lives as well. In Jesus, we have much light, a light that is always shining. So that must have been great, right? That must have been great to go and see Jesus perform all these signs. We can't see Jesus now. Be easy to turn to Jesus, the light of the world. Here he is. I see him performing these signs, but I can't run to Jesus now. I can't run and have him heal all my problems, my sickness and disease. I can't see him, touch him. So where do we turn? Do we run to the mountains, to the beach, to the stars, the sky? No. This morning it was made very clear that Jesus is a light that shines, is the light that shines in our darkness. But he also shows us how that light is spread, even today. Matthew 4 comes right around the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and even at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he shows us how he spreads the light that he is. And he does it in an unexpected place, and he calls an unexpected people. You might expect that Jesus would go to Jerusalem, Judea, where the priests, religious teachers, uh, and teachers of the law were. But instead, he calls regular fishermen from a place that you wouldn't expect, in the melting, cultural melting pot of Galilee, right along the Sea of Galilee. He calls out to the fishermen, and he says, Follow me. Now, it's not that these fishermen were especially qualified. If you wanted qualified disciples, you'd probably go to Jerusalem, right? But what does Jesus do? He teaches them. He instructs them. He takes these unqualified people, regular people, and he qualifies them by teaching them everything about who he is, the Savior of the world and the Son of God. So where do we go today? It must have been easy for the disciples. There he is. Go to Jesus. But after Jesus died, rose, and ascended into heaven, they didn't stop their work. People in the first century AD and ever since have been sitting and listening to the word of God just like you are doing right now. Where do you go to see the light? Where do you go to hear about the light that shines in our lives? You're there right now. You're in the pew. And it might come from a person or people that you expected. It might come from pastor or myself. But it also comes in other unexpected ways. Wherever the word is read or spoken, there the light shines. This morning, as everybody's saying, including the little children, you heard that light shining, 
you saw that light shining as we sang, Speak, O Lord. And I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. It might be tempting to turn to signs, look for signs from God in our life. But there's a light that we can always turn to. Wherever the word is read, wherever the word is spoken, there we have a light to turn to, and it brings that real change. It eliminates that darkness of death and brings a light in our darkness. When life seems darkest, God gives us something to turn to. He gives us his word where we hear about our Savior. So when you need a light in life, don't be fooled. You don't have to look for a series of special numbers, 333 3, 3, or 444, 1234. You don't have to wait and hope to see the improbable because the impossible was already done. The impossible was done when Jesus died and rose from the dead. By doing that, by being who Jesus is, the light and the Savior of the world, Jesus takes away the darkness of death forever. Jesus brings a light into our darkness, and it shines in the most unexpected places, sometimes in unexpected ways. But sometimes it comes in expected ways as well. As you sit here, remember, when you need a sign, God gave you much more than a sign. God gave you a light that is always shining. Amen.